Let's do it again. (laughs) Yeah, that was like a total word soup. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Hi, I'm Alex Fletcher. And I'm Rivki Silver. And this is Normal for a Woman. The podcast where we embrace the complexities, nuances, and joys of from womanhood. Normal Firm Woman is supported by Rena Riser's Tune In Journal. What if you had simple steps to use whenever you felt triggered, down, or just plain blah? Steps that could help you feel clearer and calmer. In the Tune In Journal, Rena Riser, host of the Tune In with Rena Riser podcast, walks you through her eight simple steps that you can apply to your own specific struggle. You'll experience how it feels to use mind, body, and self-compassion methods to feel your feelings, listen to what your body and soul are trying to tell you, and tune into your own wisdom. Go to renariser.com slash tune in journal to download your copy today. Welcome back. It's that time of year again. Pesach is upon us. We're here at Normal From Women to make this real. Let's get to basics, get it done, and get it right. And we're here to try to make this a little easier for everyone. So that's why we're so excited to have Meira Spivak join us today to give us lots of dirty tricks, I mean (laughs) clean tricks, for potentially getting Pesach prepped in five days. She just came out with her new book titled Making Pesach in Five Days, and we're bringing you all her secrets. That's so interesting, Alex, but... Here's the thing. I personally need more than five days to make Pesach. (laughs) What if you're one of our listeners who's the same way and is wondering if this episode is for me? Well, I'm the same way too, Rifki. But what I love about Miero's book is her messaging that it really is possible to prepare for Pesach in a short period of time while keeping things relatively worry and stress-free. She lays everything out in such a clear and organized way that it makes the whole process much more doable and attainable. I definitely agree. Before we get into the interview, I think maybe we should share with our listeners what Pesach prep looks like in our own homes. Absolutely. Great idea. So for me, I've been making Pesach for many years. We were fortunate to be able to go to my in-laws for either all of Pesach or part of Pesach for like the early years of our marriage. But because of my husband's work, she wasn't always able to get off Cholamoid. So I distinctly remember one year when my two oldest kids were babies or toddlers or both. And we had to, I had to clean the house and make food for Pesach. But I also had to pack for a trip, you know, like a 14 hour drive with two small children. And it was like the worst of both worlds. (laughs) And I told my husband, I was like, next time we're just going to stay in town for the whole Pesach. Like I'm not doing this again. So um, I feel like at this point, we've been in the house that I'm living in for about six years. It'll be six years this Pesach. And I feel like now I have like it down to pretty much a science, but I definitely still take more than five days to do everything. Mm-hmm. Do you follow like a schedule or is it just sort of like, okay, it's after perm and I'm just going to get start getting stuff done in a haphazard random way? Oh, so like, I'm so type A, I can't do anything haphazard and random. (laughs) Why did I even bother asking? (laughs) I have a spreadsheet that I keep from year to year and I go and I have like all of my, you know, recipes and menus. And I do, I do start the process right after um, Purim. I am fortunate to have a space in my basement that is kind of like a quasi Pesach kitchen. So I am able to start down there. And if, I, if I'm really organized, then I make things ahead of time and freeze them. So I can't really clean so much ahead of time because it just gets undone. But I do have kind of a system of how to do it. Mm-hmm. But is it a system where you're like, you know, week one, 
um, basement, week two upstairs, or you just sort of move through at your own pace? So I, I do start off with that mindset, but it never re- really works out to stick to the plan, but that is, yeah. kind of, <laughs> that is kind of the plan. Yeah. Like the house is kind of separated into zones and then I do that. And of course, you know, I, I kind of work backwards where I say, when am I turning over my kitchen? And then I work backwards from that. So like the living room and the kitchen are the very last rooms to do. And I will, um, just do everything else kind of before that. And depending on my kids' schedule and the ages of my kids and how much help I have. So then I just kind of plan out my time accordingly. And I have, you know, I'm flexible with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, clearly your experience, how many years would you say that mm-hmm. you've been doing this this way? I, I probably at least a decade. A decade. Okay. So, so my story is, and maybe this explains my more haphazard approach <laughs> is, um, our first year of marriage we were expecting. So we were living in a teeny apartment in Baltimore and we made Pesach cause I was expecting in May and you know, Pesach <laughs> is April. Yeah. <laughs> and actually it's sort of funny looking back, like my parents came and our Shadchan came like good family friends. I, I love them. They came, so they nice. wanted to spend Pesach with us. Yeah. And she was so generous. She like catered the suit up for us. So lovely. It was really nice. Yeah. So, and we have pictures of this, you know, it's just like sitting at this Seder table before it started our newlyweds, you know, it was, it was cute, but we literally packed up whatever we bought those years, you know, the pans and the spatulas. And I opened that box for the first time last year. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Because all of these years and they were like all dusty. I'm like, these are like 17 years old (laughs) and I still use them. Is that like sanitary? But, um, yeah, you know, and those like, you know, when you're like first married, you get like those pots or extra dishes that are, you know, you're going to just leave it for Pesach. So I'm literally opening up these boxes from like, you know, 18 years ago of these dishes that like, I really never touch anyway. But what happened in between is, um, we were very blessed. My in-laws live in New Jersey. And every year since we would go to my in-laws and not only will we go to my in-laws for the entire Pesach, they would have my parents because I'm an only child. So that is so nice. we would all go. It's not amazing. And we also went to circus. They're amazing. They're, that is amazing. So we all, yeah, we have like, can a they, can they also adopt me? Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was Pesach and we have all of our wonderful Pesach memories of, you know, whether it's the Pesach foods or the Pesach Kolomoe trips in New York city, you know, with family, um, both with my in-laws and my parents. Absolutely. Um, cut, oh, so, so nice. cut to COVID, you know, unfortunately all that changed and, you know, it was sad that, um, you know, we couldn't see the family and um, made Pesach for quote unquote the first time last year. And I totally overbought food snacks. I mean, when I think <laughs> that it was eight days, did you, did you go through that stage? Like, oh, of course, it's of course. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I still have some stuff I kept, you know, spices and things like that, but for like, sure. I, I, yeah, I, I, I learned too you know, we make mistakes. You learn, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. You don't need to go crazy about this or that. You don't need to override. Exactly. It, it, it's a process. And those are the things that I record like on my, on my spreadsheet, you know, for the next year, I'm like, don't buy so many ground nuts. You never mm-hmm. use them. But I, I definitely felt the first time that there was this like security thing with Pesa. I can't explain it. Like I must have, you know, eight, packages of potato starch. And I think it was year one. It was also COVID where like everyone ran out of eggs and there were like, Oh yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? It was, it was so that super stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, are oh, the stores going to run out? I mean, I remember like when everything locked down, I was like, 
in the store with everyone because the schools were shutting down and oh, like I there was face off stuff on the shelves. You remember that? Like we're all yeah, buying like face off stuff like four weeks before. Yeah. No one knew like if you know what was gonna happen. Exactly. You know, anyway, like the, the world at large was stockpiling, you know, toilet paper and we're stockpiling <laughs> potato starch. Exactly. That's what happened. <laughs> so sadly we won't be with our family again. I'm like a little bit excited to like do this a second time now that I've learned some lessons, but I am not um it's funny, people think I'm like very, very organized. I'm as a writer, I'm very organized. I like love teaching writing and I love writing in a very organized way. But in my day-to-day life, you know, I have like this folder with scraps of papers with recipes for perm, but like, hey, they're in a folder, like muzzles up to me. I don't know. Exactly. Gold star, gold star. Yeah. I mean, today, like I actually cleaned out a shelf where we keep the pace off snacks and my my toddler was standing there with his cookies open and I, 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 I it was so, so classic smart. it's classic. so classic no yeah well, that's, but, that's but I did it spray for spray for the Clorox spray just kept yeah. on you know sanitizing that cabinet but I I do just want to mention this like to our listeners like it wasn't scheduled today I'm gonna clean out this drawer I did it just because like I wanted to start on something and I like psychologically I felt so good like I cleaned a cabinet done is it in order is it significant no but it's something and like every step you take brings that joy and brings exactly. that, that feeling it, of satisfaction absolutely I totally I totally agree okay so so let's move on to our talk with me Iris feedback we hope that you gained from this discussion as much as we did we so enjoyed it welcome to normal from women me era we are so delighted to have you on to discuss your new book how to make pace off in five days And, you know, Rifki and I have really discussed how this book really jives with our MO. It's very normal. It's very accessible. And that's why we are so excited to have you on to talk about it. And I found that your approach to Pesach prep is, in fact, very normalizing. What would you say to that? Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know listen, we are over stressors. Like that's just what we do. You know, it's funny when I, when I showed showed my mother, I'm like, mom, I wrote a book. And she said, oh, this is not for us. Like we start Hanukkah, you know? So it's just like, it's become crazy. And like, there's no reason for it. Like, I just, I can't tell you how many people are like, Pesach is coming. I don't know what to do. And they're all nervous and they're weeks. And, you know, thank God we've got to this point in my house where it's almost like, let's say, there's a Sunday and it's like a week before Pesach. My kids are like, are we going to start? And I'm like, no, no, no. We only do it in five days. So it's become, and they're almost like, we have to start. Everyone else is starting. And I'm like, five days. And it doesn't mean, by the way, that I'm not doing anything. I'm like, I'm spring cleaning, but I'm not stressing. I am only going to stress for five days. And, and those five days are days of stress. It doesn't sound like they even are for reading your book. Okay. You know, I feel like people have two choices when they deal with stressful situations. It's either to like laugh or cry, but it doesn't have to be stressful. And I really do try to keep it positive, especially, you know, for myself and for my kids, they should see that preparing for Yontif is happy. I love it. And I, I have to say that when I was reading your book, I actually found it a humorous and almost even relaxing experience. I was like, wait, I'm reading a book about making Pesach, right? And yet I felt myself not being stressed and like laughing along and just relating to so much of what you said. Before we get into the crux of the book and all of the tips that I hope you'll share with our listeners, can we first talk about your haskamas on the back of the book? Like, they're amazing. Lori Platnick says, quote, it's like having a funny down-to-earth organized new BFF by your side preparing with you. And Rabbi Menachem Nissel says that your book is, quote, a, is a gift for our generation of overwhelmed women. So are you actually like that, the organized BFF that helps all your overwhelmed friends? 
And do you see in your experience, I mean, you said this a little bit, that women are really overwhelmed by Pesach and otherwise. Yes, I don't know if I'm like the organized BFF, but I am that person who's, you know, I, I've been giving like the time management courses. Like I used to give classes on like how to pack with Ziplocs, you know, like Ziplocs. I actually, I actually reached out to Ziploc and asked them if they wanted to sponsor the book. <laughs> I was like, this is, I'm like, I love Ziplocs and paper towels. Honestly, like I just, I used to live in Israel and I think I was like a little bit like, you know, no one wants to spend money on paper towels or like a fortune there. And you're like, always like when you buy paper towels, you feel like you're like spending on a luxury. And like, when I moved back to America, I was like, I'm going to spend, use as many paper towels as like I possibly. So it's just like, you know, like when you're, when you're cleaning, it's just like this crazy um, thing. So I, I'm time management is kind of like my thing. So I've had people reaching out to me over the years of, you know, give me tips. How do I do this? And it's funny because the, the book actually was based off the class that I had been teaching. So, you know, again, I don't know organized BFF, but I am that person who I am organized. I, you know, I have a lot, I juggle a lot of balls and I'm constantly trying to like, you know, do as much as I can. So I am that person people turn to of like, how do you get it done? Like, how is that possible? Beautiful. I, I love to hear more about what Rabbi Nissel said, you know, that it's this, this book is a gift for a generation of overwhelmed women. How much are you seeing that in your, in your um, connection to women who are reaching out to you? I mean, I think that all of us, you know, what are the conversations that happen close to Pesach, right? And it's, when I say close to Pesach, I mean, this year is a different year, okay? But even in a regular year, like before Purim, okay, it's like that word, like you get the matzah order, okay? Or, okay, bulk grape juice order, whatever you get. Okay, I live in Portland, so we don't get so many of these uh, emails. But whatever you're getting, those like things that are like Pesach's coming and like, you know, it's like these, it's buzzing in your ear and like, you're not like doing it yet. And then there's people who are like, yeah, I have to start, I have to start cleaning and I have to start organizing or I'm never going to make it because I work full time and I'm super stressed. And then they're literally stressing for so long. Like, why are we stressing for so long? We don't have to. And it, I really, people are, they are stressed. They're, they're nervous. They don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe even parent people are coming to their Seder and they have to impress them or they feel like they need to impress them or their in-laws or parents or something are moving in and they're nervous about also entertain and there's so much stress that we're putting on ourselves and I, by the way there's one thing I want to share with everybody is like you know I am just in my work in general like I'm focused always on overcoming challenges and a lot of times we look around and we we take on we again we're like oh I have this and I have this and I'm and we're, we're really stressed we are we're stressed about so many pieces and I think a key is to realize I will stress when I need to stress. And that's okay. When it's stressful, stress. But we have to stop stressing because we're nervous that it's going to be stressful. And that's why I start the book. You take your kid to the, de- to the doctor and they're going to get a shot. And when they know about that in advance, they're stressing and stressing and stressing. And they're like, I don't want to go. I'm hiding in the bushes. Like, I'm not going. You're like dragging them out of the car. You're like holding them down in the office. And then they get the shot. And it's like, oh, like it's over. It's over. I was like, two seconds and the drama that is, is bef- leading up to that shot is like ridiculous. Like, and, and we're adults getting shots. That's what we are. And why, why do we keep doing this to ourselves? Meira, tell us a little bit about yourself both professionally and personally. Okay. So I live in Portland, Oregon. I'm originally from New York. So that's like a big, you know, big deal. I, I actually, when I got married, I moved to Israel. We were there for five and a half years. I was kind of, I'm like kind of like a jack of all trades. I do like a, you know, like a random, I was like, I was a caterer, but I never, and this, this is one thing that's like really interesting about me. Like I wasn't trained to do anything. 
And I think it's like also a really great lesson to give over to people because I just feel like as long as you start something, you just have to do things well enough to be able to do it again year two. Like a lot of times people are afraid to like launch, I don't know, just do anything because I don't know, I'm not ready. I'm not, I, I have no training. I just like, let's just start. I don't know, we'll start and we'll fix it the next year. And we'll just like, that's just how it goes. So I was a caterer. I just kind of like, I don't know, started selling cakes. And then I was like, oh, I'll just set up kiddishes. And then I'm like, oh, you know, actually I can make the food for the kiddishes. And then I was like, why can't I make the food for the bar mitzvahs? And I was like, okay, I'll do that. So it just kind of like took off. And then we ended up moving to Portland um, where we've been blessed to live for around 15 years. I work wow. for NCSY full time. I, I love my job and always advocating for more people to go into Kirov as a profession. So contact me if you want more information. Um, I also trained in the innovation uh, method of SIT, systematic inventive thinking, where I help. Uh, this is actually something that's amazing because this is something I know a lot of women and everybody struggles with is that people feel that they're not naturally creative. It's something like, I wish I was more creative. I wish. And, and now that I know that creativity is actually a skill that anybody could learn. So that's something that I actually help teach and people, I actually help people brainstorm effectively because we waste our time thinking like out of the box and I actually know how to think inside the box to get results on demand. So that's just like some fun things about me, but I just, I'm involved in, in, in care of, you know, this is what I do. I, I love my work. I feel like I have a very meaningful life and I, and I love my family. Wow. I just love all the skills that you bring to the table here. And this book, like, ha- you know, writing a book is like having a baby. I can imagine how you've just utilized so many of your different interests and talents. Someone asked me, they were like, so why do you want to become a writer? I'm like, I'm not a writer. And they were like, well, you wrote a book. I'm like, yeah, but I, I'm not a writer. They're like, well, why? I'm like, I don't know. I just wanted to write it down. So I wrote it. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I'm not trained to be a writer. I'm like, I don't know. I'll write it and someone will edit it. It's good. So like, I just, you know, I, I, this came out of the class. Like the question is always like, you know, what's better? What came first? Like the cl- this, the book came out of the class that I've been teaching for many years. So it's just something I felt after, after, after last year really was the impetus after COVID of so many women being like flung into making peace off without any like, oh my goodness, I can't go to my parents and my in-laws and just really needing help. So that's, you know, kind of, kind of how it involved, but, but yeah, it just came from, I just wanted to do it. And, and the book also includes all the recipes and stuff that my class never had. So just like some fun additions. I love that. And I, I already am earmarking, like I'm making this, I'm making this, I'm making this from the recipes that you did it. So I love that. I love menu planning. I love all of the organization. And it's just like right in my alley. And you actually even answered the question that I was going to ask, which was what inspired you to write the book? Really, it really is COVID. But I just, so many people were in that case of like last year, just being like, how do I do this? How do I do this? Pesach does not have to be crazy. It's just, it's, it's manageable. And I actually, you know, kind of, I guess, cause I'm a more organized type person. Like I actually like it. It's kind of like a challenge. Like, can I do it? But, you know, just that feeling of like getting organized and then also taking a nap and right before Pesach and coming in like a queen to the most beautiful meal of the year that, you know, you're going to create for yourself and for your kids and for your guests. Like, it's just exciting to me. I, I really love that opportunity. Oh, well, I, I hope women are feeling a little inspired and catching your enthusiasm. I think we could all use a refresher, whether this year is our second year or this year is our 50th year. We want to hear your tips. So tell us, please, Mira, what are the five days? The basic breakdown is really about two and a half days, two, two and a half days of cook of cleaning. And then about, again, two, two and a half days of cooking. Okay. Now, when I say cleaning and in the book, it really goes through this a little bit more. We are not spring cleaning. And this is the key to Pesach cleaning. If you want to spring clean, starting after Purim, I would advise go through the room, start looking at your kids' clothes, get organized, start going, you know, making lists and going shopping, doing all that other stuff. These five days are literally 
to keep the halachos of Pesach. We are not going to be cleaning our molding. We're not organizing our kids' drawers. When I take out my kids' clothing, I'm not going to refold them and put them back. The way that they are, that's how they're going back in the drawer. Like literally, I'm going to lift the clothes out. I'm going to Windex. I'm going to look. I'm going to clean. I'm going to put it back in. I'm going to close the drawer. If I want to rearrange, I want to organize, I want to fold, I want to iron, that is not going to be done during these five days. So that's really important. Like we're literally going to keep halacha. Okay. I'm not going to go, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not a rough. So everyone should do, you know, the wrong thing. I'm not going to go crazy, crazy. If there's something that I'm not, I can't reach, I'm going to take out my Windex and I'm going to Windex it. And I'm going to just move on. I'm going to Windex it till it's poisoned and I'm going to move on. I can't, but there's, you know, something like, like I'm not, we, in my, in my house, we actually don't, we don't move our refrigerators. Like we don't move very, very heavy stuff. Um, so look on again, ask your own Shyla's, but you know, it's just what we do, but just really it's going. And what I suggest in the book and just in general, when you want to clean, right. I, if you've heard of the fly lady or whatever her name is, like these cleaning people who like tell you to like go in the room, set a timer for five minutes and okay, we're not going to walk out after five minutes if we're not done. Cause like, that's not going to help be helpful, but go in, in the room, look at the room. Okay. I literally look at the room and scan it and say, this should not take more than 20 minutes, or this should not take more than an hour, whatever the room, the bedroom. Okay. Now, of course, if it's a boy, it'll be like, this should not take more than like three hours. Because okay? <laughs> yes, you know. uh, but if you're in a regular kid's room, <laughs> it's not a boy. And and by the way, older kids, I tell them before, everybody, I just want to let you know that five days are coming. In five days, I'm coming down to your room. There will be garbage bags in my hands. Anything that I see that is not hung up in your room will be in these garbage bags. My kids, this is like, I don't know how to clean. I was never trained to clean. I was trained to throw out. So like, I don't know how to clean. If you guys can't pick up your stuff, you don't need them. They're on the floor. I am going to be throwing everything out. Like I'm going in, like I am on a mission. Okay. I have 20 minutes to get this room done or half an hour or two hours. And I'm going to get it done. I'm going to move from drawer to drawer. I'm going to take off the sheets. I'm going to pick up the mattresses. I'm going to like, just go and go. I'm not going to schmooze with my sister when I call, when I'm doing that, I'm not going to put on, you know, a slow song to like relax to. I'm going to put on, if you want music, you're going to put on the fastest song you can think of. You're going to have a timer going. You're going to be like, you're going to move. So I wait to do the kitchen last because you know, you got to like, you know, I don't want to clean that kitchen until like getting everything out. And then as soon as I'm done, I leave the sinks for about 24 hours, making sure it's 24 hours that they're not going to be used. So and then ready to start cooking. And then again, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's the fourth day. Let me start shopping. No, no. That was all. We are ready to go. I wake up in the morning and I always start. I work backwards. So anything that needs to be, could be frozen is going to be first, right? All the desserts, all the kugels. I have one day I'm doing like desserts and kugels. Like it's a marathon. I'm making like potato, every kind of kugel you could think of, right? Any desserts, this is it. At the end of the day, my freezer has desserts. And I want to tell you there, I cook for all eight days at one time. Wow. Making the desserts for eight days or nine days or whatever it is. Okay. I'm making the desserts for, I'm making the kugels for the entire time. The only thing that I'm going to make again, like second days is like more fresh salads. I'll make the dressings for second days because I don't want to spend my yantiv cooking in the kitchen all the time. I want to spend my yantiv enjoying. So I'm literally like working backwards, whatever can be frozen, frozen. And then the freshest stuff will be made. Like the last day, like Arab yantiv is the Seder plate, the salads, whatever. And then we're done. That the day between, and I'll freeze matzo balls. Anything that you can freeze, I will freeze. And it is, no one cares. And I always say, by the way, the biggest bracha is that we don't have to make challah for Pesach. Otherwise, it might take six days. This book would probably have you another day. But we don't have challah. We have our menus already made. We know what we're going to do. And we have a plan. Like even the night before, if I know I'm making the kugels, I bring out the potatoes are on the counter, the, the oils, every, we're, we're ready to go. We mean business here. And we are just super organized. We work. And I don't, again, my kids could help. 
It doesn't matter if I've ever went around. Obviously, it's better. This is the days you arrange babysitting. Is that great? But many years, right? Like by COVID, there was no cleaning help. There was no babysitting. We were cleaning our own refrigerators. Yes. <laughs> and we managed people. We did it and we could do it again. We all managed with no cleaning help. So it's possible. And I know it's not maybe not ideal for people, but we did it and we could do it again. So that's kind of what it is. We break down. We do the cleaning for about two-ish days or whatever, however long you need. The next two-ish days are for the cooking, starting backwards, whatever could be frozen, moving on. And by the way, I have my list. I even have a list of Thursday when I'm making on, let's say, Wednesday. It says potato kugel, onion kugel, whatever, chocolate, brownies, ice cream, on a list. What am I making Thursday? Not just the menu. I literally have what am I making each day, and then I cross it off, cross it off, cross it off. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm so tired. I did not get to this thing. Okay. And I move it to the list for the next day. I love lists and I'm a list maker and I'm a freeze. I'm, I'm also like, I don't like cooking on Yantav. I make everything ahead if I can, except for the salads. So this speaks to me on a very fundamental level. And I'm so glad that you were mentioning about the lists and the recipes because you have a fantastic array of lists and recipes in the book. And I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about them, like why these recipes and what just tell us a little bit about the lists themselves and how they can help all of us. Yeah. I mean, sure. Like, I mean, just listen for the recipes, like in terms, I really try to pick easy recipes. Like I don't believe that, you know, I think Pesach needs to be beautiful. I don't think it needs to be like, we don't need four layer desserts at every meal. It's just, it's not worth it. It's not makes us into shmatas, you know, make it pretty and make it nice, but you don't have to go crazy and make yourself a shmata. So I put in recipes that are delicious, that are easy. I have, you know, bri- brisket. Brisket should take five minutes. Like, okay, if you, you want to you sear it, so sear it. Like, it's just, it shouldn't be a long, it shouldn't be a big process. Like, people are making brisket all day. Are you kidding me? I put in the brisket and now I'm making 10 other things. There's no, we don't have time for this. I got to make the chicken and then this and the, all the meats. and the, Like, it all has to get done. So we have to have simple recipes. So I found over the years, like, I have like a bunch of cookbooks. And you know how annoying it is when you're like, you have your one recipe and you're like, where is that one recipe? And you're looking for, it and you're like, this is just ridiculous. And then you, uh, half the time you like make it up because you don't remember. And you just like pretend, or you're calling up your mother and your sister. And you're like, what's that recipe from like Bubby who like gave you, you know, what is that? And you're just, so I try to put like a lot of like the good recipes, like in one place. That's what I try to do in this cookbook. Just like everyone should have some salad recipes, some meat, some chicken, some dessert, like literally in one place. And I just compiled, like, I mean, a lot of these are from my mother just over the years or recipes that she's like, why did you tell him I made this? Like, I don't even think this is from me, but you know, just like the ones that we just, our family just happens to use and like, and it just, again, I want it to be nice, but I wanted to, I wanted it to be easier. And I purposely did not make the menus in the book. I, when I had meal planning and menu planning, I did not make them elaborate. I made them nice. I made them yonta dick. And if you want to add more, you could add more, but I don't, I'm not trying to raise the bar. I want people to be happy and just like, if they make a nice meal, that's nice for them. And it's for them. Like my kids are always like, how come we don't have this for Shabbos, other family? And I'm like, this is what's nice for us. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause in our house, we have like tons of pasta, like all the time. And my kids are like, why can't we have like nicer dinners? I'm like, no, no. But if we have nicer dinners then everything has to get nicer. So like if we keep dinners really simple, the bar is low. You don't understand. This is like, there's a principle over here that we're trying to keep to. Right. So you know, everybody has their own standards of what they're used to and what type of meat and what type of this. And that's fine. It has to be nice for you, but to go crazy and to come to the Seder, like just exhausted and just beat down because you needed to make, by the time you get, no one even eats dessert at the Seder. You're like kind of eating it. And like, no one even cares. Like one o'clock in the morning, like 
Why? You know what I did? I used to make separate meals for every Seder. And then a few years ago, I was like, what am I crazy? I have the same menu for both Seders. I'm like, why am I doing this? The Seder, it is supposed to be the same meal. It's like a repeat of the, that's what it is. I'm like, why am I making a different meal? It's like, we just know the Seder we're having, to, it's not about the food. The Seder is not about the food. We have the same thing twice on my other meals. And it's nice food and I do nice stuff, but I do the same thing. I'm like, I don't have to be crazy. It has to be nice and I use my most beautiful dishes that we, we got married. We save them for the Seder. I think we have a beautiful table, but I can't be crazy. So the list, they're just there to make it easy. Um, I actually, you want to hear this? This is a great example. I wanted to save time. I'm like, wait a minute. I went online. I'm like, Jamie Geller has a list. Or am I using my own? I just emailed her. I'm like, can I use your list? She's like, sure. Great. So you right. included that in the book. What was that? You included it in the book. Yeah. I'm like, why am I making my own list? She has a list. Like, why am I doing this again? I'm like, she has a good list. I don't even, I don't, I don't even have a list, but I will say like, just one thing that is important that I think is helpful is after Pesach, when you finish the whole experience, take like 10 minutes and just reflect on like, I wish I had more peelers. I wish I had like another matzah platter. Okay. And then after Pesach, order it right after and put it away with your stuff when it comes. My kids are like, why are we getting a matzah thing like two weeks after Pesach? I'm like, it's okay. It's just put it with the Pesach stuff. And it's because so many times, or keep the list, keep an email, keep notes, keep your menu every year, just change it. I have a, a doc on my, a Word doc, and I just like change it from Pesach menu 2019 to 2020 or whatever. We just change the date. And then I'm like, what, are, what did I do here? Why did I serve that? But at least I have a basis. And I'm like, oh, that was a big meal. That was a small meal. I get it. I get what I did. And I, I'm like, oh, right. I forgot I used to make this. So just make it easy for yourself. Keep notes. Again, I never used to do it. And then once I started, I'm like, why am I not doing this? These are such helpful and useful tips. You really are like that big sister BFF. I'm just like <laughs> compiling all of this in my mind. I really should write this all down and make a list. Mi'ira, tell us what's the number one mistake you see people make in preparing for Pesach. And I, I think I've said it before, but it's, I think it's starting too early. You know, we're all nervous. We want to start. We want to start. We're just going to start. And then I think it kind of comes back to, it backfires because then we're just, we're stressed because when we do something and then it gets messed up and then we have to do it again and we're coming in on the wrong foot. Like we're already coming in with like a chip on our shoulder. Like this is annoying. And I, I it can't be annoying. You know, it has to be something that's meaningful, right? We're cleaning our room. We're getting rid of our egos and our Yetzirah. Like it has to be a process that's enjoyable. And when we start too early, I, I can't, how positive can you stay cleaning your house for like six weeks? Like, it's just, Mm-mm. I mean, I don't even like cleaning for five minutes, but like six weeks, it's like, it's just annoying. And I just, I feel like it kind of hurts the whole, the whole process. Mm-hmm. Just have to ask because Rifi and I both have toddlers under two. I, you know, and you're, you're talking into like, I'm going to this room and I have two hours and I'm going to open up these drawers. And I'm thinking, I just can't even do that. Do you have any tips for moms with little kids? So I also have little kids. Um, but I think like, I guess the way it works in my house is everybody knows we're at five days. Okay. So somebody is gonna, somebody has to help. Right. So if you just have a two-year-old, we'll, we'll do that after. Okay. If you have older siblings that could help, like some of their jobs are going to be like, who's taking the two-year-old to the park and we have to get that two-year-old out of the house or like entertained or anything. Okay. I don't care if my, I'll send my two-year-old shopping with my husband or whoever's going to get stuff. So let's say we're cleaning and I know that cooking's coming and I have a huge list. All right, guys, who's going to the store. And even though that two-year-old is not really going to be helping, 
Uh, it's going to be helping me because they're not in the house. So that's like a huge thing. And I think even if they don't have older siblings, that's something that they can do. So anybody who could take your two-year-old anywhere, <laughs> have them take them. And again, with COVID, if you can get babysitters or whatever, but just even your, anyone, people are doing things. If they're going to the car wash, they could put, seriously, we've done this. You put your kid in the car seat and then like you could take your kid in the car seat, out of the car seat, next to the car. They clean the car. Like just get that two-year-old as much as you can, you know, out of the house. Obviously you're going to be... I, I don't know what works best for you is like to get them up earlier, go to have them go to bed earlier. I don't know what's, you know, in your house, what works, but really trying to keep them busy. Otherwise it's hard. You're going to have to do more stuff at night. Again, I try not to. So like for me, my goal is like, let's get that two-year-old occupied. That is like my, literally my objective because I don't want to stay up late at night cleaning because my two-year-old's making the house crazy. But if your two-year-old is literally one of these kids that are making your house crazy and no one's taking them out and your husband's not available to go driving in the car and no, we have no shoppers and your kid is just home all day and there's no other kids that could help. So you might be cooking, you might be doing it a little bit at night. Okay. Definitely resonates. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And Alex, I mean, your husband's really super busy, right? So if he's not available to come home or help, you know, it's depending on their schedule and you don't have any older siblings could take them to the park and you don't have that. Or let's say someone's a young mom, right? And they, a young mother, and they only have a two-year-old or twins or, you know, or three under three or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. And and we've done it. It's really, it's hard. It is really hard. And you know what? For you, I would even say like maybe some other meals could have double meal. Like you could simplify it. Like you're not going to make your whole thing. And listen, I don't like cooking on Yantiv, but some people do. Like if you, you know, maybe they want to cook Holomite and that's okay for them. And that, that it doesn't have to go my way. Like people always ask me, what, I, what do I do? I work full time. I can't do five days. So your five days are going to look a little different. It might be a few hours in the morning and a few hours in the night. It's not going to be maybe from nine to five. It'll be, you know, different hours, but you still, if you have this like mindset of like, I'm going to get this done in five days. And what are the things that have to happen? And what are the things that don't? Mm-hmm. And when you start eliminating the wasteful things, like the extras, that's how you'll get it done. I really like how <clears throat> the idea of the five days is customizable. I think that's very important for listeners, you know, f- for those women who are working full-time or whatever it is. But this concept of the five days is like, we are setting this time aside and this is what we are focusing on as a family. So everyone needs to chip it, you know, whether it's five days or whether it's, you know, 10 days, whatever it looks like, it's just more of a mindset that you're sharing. And I wanted to also mention, like you said, like, it's not like you can read this book six days before and then the five days will work. The five days, it's five days of work, but there are still days and days and weeks of preparation and thinking about and organizing and planning for the five days, which I think is, but not stressing. not not stressing, not <laughs> right. You're planning right. You're, and this Calm way, me. by the way, if I was, if I was going in the room and organizing the clothes and like seeing what my kids need and my kid came in with a bag of Cheerios, I, I'll clean it up. You know, like when you get stressed and sometimes maybe an accident, you'll like lose your temper or you like snap or you'll say something like not, this is going to eliminate so much of that because you're not, because otherwise you'd be stressing the whole, like, <laughs> We're trying to like, let's minimize our onastavarim to just five days. <laughs> you know, let's try. But really though, like we're real, it is what it is what it's doing. I mean, hopefully there's no onastavarim and hopefully, hopefully we're controlling ourselves. But I'm saying if you like, you may get upset and you get annoyed, like why do we have to do that, right? For so long, we could just work and it'll be a little stressful and we'll try to smile and we'll play music and the family's in it. And again, there's stressful moments. It's five days. That's again, it could have been called had a stress for five days. It is stressful, but- it's with a purpose and as a mindset, we owe it to ourselves. Then let's like, let's reclaim Nissan. I love it. So I much. love this. I'm actually I so inspired. 
Me and too. we are recording this before Purim. And I think that I'm, <laughs> I'm really, I really feel very motivated and more excited about Pesach this year. Yes, same. And I'm thinking about like that feeling I have when I'm sitting at the Seder and everything is done and everything is cleaned. And it really is pretty liberating. Like Pesach happens to be my favorite holiday. So what is the message you can give to women to help us so that we can all feel like queens at our Seder table? You know, I feel, when I think about when I feel the best is, you know, they say happiness is the feeling you get when you know you're doing the right thing. So when you're sitting at the Seder and being in control, when you're in control of yourself and your amigos, that really is when you are at your high. Like, you know, like when a kid gets upset at you or whatever, and you're just like, you're not, you're in control. You're not going to say you're not, you're not losing it. You're just, you're in it. And it's, and you're just talking in a calm voice and you're, and you're like, I am owning this situation. So you're going to get to the Seder and it's time to feel like princesses. And then your child is going to come and take their grape juice and pour it on your lap. (laughs) And at that moment, you are going to be reclaimed. You are going to be queens again, and you're going to keep smiling and you're not going to get upset because the Seder is going to be the most positive experience possible. And to me, I'm happiest when I know I'm doing the right thing. And when I have that Seder and it's like, and I'm able to connect to the Seder, even on some level, even if half the time I'm dealing with kids and even if, you know, I'm in the bedrooms, I'm putting them to bed, I'm not even maybe, I'm catching up half the time, but it's, I know that the Seder is a positive place. We're not fighting. There's no fighting. I don't care what is going on. If there's a fighter, we're going to distract them. I might even have, sometimes my husband and I would kind of like, He'll be like leading so, and I'll be, literally my job is like distracting the fighters. Okay, I'm like that's what I'm doing. I'm like separating the fighters. Okay, I'm bribing the whatever it is. I'm like just smiling the whole time and keeping this positive. When I go to sleep that night, I feel happy because I knew I did the right thing. And as opposed to going to sleep a little bit guilty and I wish this and I wish that, like knowing my role at the Seder, and um, to me personally is where I you know feel happiness and I feel like okay, like we're doing this. This is a really important thing. We're giving over the basics of, of everything, of our of Yiddishkeit at this Seder. Everybody here needs to know that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, right? The most important part. And that he, he took us out and he cares about us and he still loves us. And I'm able to sit there and enjoy that and have like just a positive, the kids are going to get that in a positive way, knowing that like we have Hashem who loves us and cares about us and still cares about us. And we're all happy and smiling in a family together. That's what they remember. Oh, so beautiful. I love it. Mi'ira, tell us where we can buy your book, How to Make Pesach in Five Days. Yeah, so again, you know, I don't know whoever is familiar, but the book actually, all the proceeds for the book do go to Tzedakah. They go to NTSY, Oregon NTSY, which is the nonprofit that I run. And again, I've been living in Portland for 15 years. So um, you can feel good when you purchase the book. Uh, that the money is going to Tzedakah. Uh, if you live in Brooklyn, they are being sold at Judaica Place on Avenue M. And for everybody else, please uh, just go to Amazon. How to make Pesach in five days. And that's the best place to get the book right now. Uh, so that's that's where you would go. And we so appreciate your support uh, and just helping. You know, we ordered a lot of copies. There's been a lot of a lot of people have, you know, appreciated it. We have people pre-selling it, pre-purchasing the book in bulk. So it's been, people are excited about it. I think people just... They, they're looking for this. They just, people are stressing and they just don't want to stress anymore, but they don't know how to stop. So we hope that this book will help you 
just to really reduce that stress and make yontiv a time that you're really looking forward to, forward to, not just from your nap to the end, but just the whole process. Thank you so much for being here today. This was such a wonderful conversation. I know I gained so much and I am sure our listeners did too. This is so, like I said, Pesach is my favorite holiday and I am just so jazzed up. I love your book. I love what it can bring to women. I love how customizable it is. I love how um, I like just like the self-effacing humor and the self-deprecation and like just the real, it's just so real and so normal. And I feel like it's going to help everyone have the most fantastic Pesach experience this year. And I just have a lot of Hatzlacha and um, yeah. Here's the takeaway for today's episode. What's one thing you want to take away from Biera's book? How do you think it will help you in your Pesach preparations? Also, what is one thing you can do in preparing for Pesach to make yourself feel more liberated once it's all over and you're finally sitting at your Seder? Envision it and identify a step to actually make it happen. Now it's time to hear from our normal firm woman. Today's normal firm woman is Devora Soroka from Chicago. Can you fall asleep with the dishes in your sink? Totally. I think this happens every single day in my house. I can totally go to sleep while there are dishes in the sink. I actually don't remember a time that I had to have them cleaned before I went to sleep. Like, I once had a friend who asked me, actually, she approached me and she's like, Devorah, I'm so jealous of you because, like, you allow yourself to be able to just relax or go to sleep without having clean dishes in the sink. And I cracked up because I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, What's the worst thing? So you'll wake up and you clean them in the morning and you'll have a nice, easy, more relaxing night. What's your favorite mitzvah and why? Um, one mitzvah that I really love and enjoy doing is finish I think it's really important to really take care of yourself, of your body, of your mind, of your soul, of your just everything, all aspects of yourself. Take care of yourself well because Hashem put you here in this world for a reason and you can only maximize your true potential when you're in the right place emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. And I think that that's something that I truly believe in and I enjoy doing. And I think that um, it really does bring me to do newer and greater heights in many areas. What do you do to recharge? Okay, so anyone who knows me will know that the thing that I do number one to recharge is go for a run. If I'm in a bad mood, if I'm in a sad mood, if I'm angry, if I'm nervous, if I'm anxious, if I'm like anything, I will just literally walk out the door, go for a run, and I'll feel so much better when I come back. It doesn't even have to be for long distance. Just getting out there in the fresh air, in the sunshine is even better, but just getting out there running totally recharges me. What part of your personality do you love? Okay, what I love about my personality, um, I think the one thing I really appreciate about myself is that I'm pretty chilled. Um, I am not very intense. Like, I really let a lot of things slide. Um, There's a saying that says, um, I'd rather get things done than get things done 100%. And for the most part, this really has been so... um, It's such a positive thing in my life because I really do end up getting things done and fast and I don't overthink things. And I think that's a big, um, that's a big positive. What do you think the firm world needs more of? I think the firm world needs more of, or actually let's say less of stereotyping, putting people in a box, um, just a lot more 
normalcy. Um, you know, everyone is so different and everyone brings such different things to the table that let's stop labeling people. And um, especially with a woman, like everyone has such different potentials and co-hosts and abilities and different things that talk to them. And that's okay. You know, if somebody connects to Hashem through you know, running or artwork or this, it's, everyone has their own thing that they can literally shine onto the world. And I think that we need to stop boxing people in and labeling, labeling people and making people feel like they have to be a certain way. Let everybody express themselves, be themselves, and really just shine light into the world in their own unique way. Thank you so much for listening today. Have you rated and reviewed Normal From Woman yet? Rifki and I would so appreciate it if you would take a minute or two to do that. Our Growth as a New podcast is helped along by people who take the time to rate and review. So thanks to those of you who already have. If you have any suggestions, feedback, or just want to say hi, you can email us at normalfromwoman at gmail.com. I love getting those emails. If you're enjoying our episodes and you're on social media, follow us at Normal From Women on Facebook and Instagram for some more great content. See you next episode.